we're in beautiful Colantongo in Hidalgo, Mexico. And we're surrounded by this amazing nature, mind-blowing mountains in the background and grottos full of weird minerals that you never heard of. <laughs> I'm here with my friend uh, Gela Amini. Lala Amini or... Jaliqua. <laughs> Every name in the book you can think of I have. A woman of many names. And uh, you, you don't really... You said to me the other day, someone told you, ah, you don't live a normal life, do you? And you were like, what do you mean? But uh, let, well, let's start, like, if I ask you where you're from. Okay, I'm going to try and simplify it and shorten it as much as possible. <laughs> so let's start with, uh, I was raised in Canada. Yeah, um, it's for a about, place to start. It is. Um, okay. I was raised in Canada for about 13 years, and then... I moved over to Sweden for about another 13 years. Uh -huh. And after that, I decided to move over to Peru. But yep. I'll, that's not the next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably. <laughs> and now you live in Costa Rica. I do. Pura I Vida. Costa Rica. Pura yeah. Vida. And you were born in... Iran. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so you're an earthling. You're not from anywhere. I am. I think that's part of the thing is that it actually... It, showed me how completely how incredibly international we all are mm -hmm. we can thrive anywhere but i feel as though i have a little bit of everywhere that i've gotten to experience so yeah a little bit of an earthling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so the the thing is a lot of people i made this video that a few weeks ago talking about how so many people are locked in this mindset like i've got to have this full-time job i've got to work 40 50 60 hours a week and save money or waste my money and for what and you know what do you get in return for it but you don't live life like that at all not not even I close did. i used to i okay. definitely used to um good sorry? good tell me tell me more <laughs> um i used to be deep in the system i've worked with almost every profession you can think of i've been a bartender i've been an account manager i've been a teacher i've been a chef um I've worked in sales, I've done it all. I've literally worked with all of it, but then I think it got to a point in my life, I remember actually the, the moment that I looked at a friend of mine and I said, I don't think I want to live anymore. And she thought I meant like I wanted to commit suicide. She's like, you can't, you can't kill yourself. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to live life like this. Hmm. If this is the meaning of life where we work all day and all night, only to be able to pay off the things that we think we need in life yep. as opposed to living life the way we feel completes us. So it was that moment that I realized I didn't want to live that normal matrix type of, or normal, mm -hmm. <laughs> what we've been taught is normal. To live that life, I wanted to really experience life. And in all fairness, I've never, I never traveled growing up. So mm. my first vacation was when I was 32 years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally when I was 32. Do you want to say how old you are now? Because um, it's not uh, really oh, obvious. Fine. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm turning 34 in about two months. Two to okay. three months. Fair enough. So, so life just began. Yeah. <laughs> life just began. And I, I realized that the more we actually live our purpose and what allows us to thrive, mm -hmm. the more we have the ability to grow young as opposed to this thought process that we're growing old. We're only growing old because we're investing our energy, energy as I call it, into mm -hmm. giving of ourselves to every single person before we give to ourselves. Yeah. So how does that express itself in your everyday life because I've noticed it <laughs> hanging around with you. Well, maybe maybe you should describe it. 
In what sense? What do you mean? How does <laughs> what? <laughs> well, uh, you're you're not a. Uh, you're not exactly shy. No. Uh, when you when you meet people, you t you, it's like you give them the the energy of yourself. I do, but I feel as though then it's a choice. Then it's yeah. an interaction from person to person, and my energy isn't funneled in with everybody else's into the system. Hmm. And I think that's the difference. It adds more quality to my life to be able to interact with every single person we can learn something from. Hmm. Um, as you've witnessed here, the first few days we came, I, I wasn't really centered. I wasn't myself. I was yelling. I wasn't yelling, but I was easily <laughs> agitated. And I, I was trying to almost kind of control the outcome of every situation. And I had to remind myself that you learn from each interaction, each experience, good yeah. or bad. <laughs> right, right. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to criticize you. I oh, was. No, no, no. <laughs> I was more talking. Like we're in this cocina economica yesterday, get, getting some food, and by the time we finished eating, you were like hugging the the, <laughs> the boss of the place and kissing her on the cheek and say, "Ah, oh, thank you so much." <laughs> that as if you were old friends or something. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I think again it goes back to you're right. You said it, old friends, because I think mm. we recognize each other in those moments where we feel most centered within ourselves, and we can actually see the reflection in the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually it has a lot to do with my background as well. Mm -hmm. Living in Canada where it's such a, or growing up in Canada, where it's such a warm, it's not a warm climate, but the hearts, they're so connected. So yep. you can tell even in such a cold climate, people have this warmth that they offer each other. Mm -hmm. And then the contrast between that and Sweden, where the weather and the climate actually takes over the interactions, where during the summers, people are very social and open. Yep. But come wintertime, when the sun leaves, they close up. Yep. So I noticed that I, it was it was something that was taking away from me, until I started playing a little game where I would just smile at people and see how uncontrollable the electricity was from one person <laughs> to the other. So you have these grumpy people going from work, going home from work, going to work from home, and it's cloudy, it's rainy, it's snowy, whatever it is, and they're so angry at the life that they're living and they're not fulfilled. But then come that moment where you're passing them by in the street and you give them that genuine smile from the heart because that's where the electricity is pumping from. And, and you see them take this double take where it's like, do I know you? But at the same time, you see that electricity <laughs> just expand into a smile on their face. And you know, even though you pass by them, the next moment, the next person that bumps into them, it's going to transfer over to that person too. Yeah. So from there, I started also realizing that we really are truly connected in that sense. So I could either electrify people or electrocute them with the same aggression and anger and hatred for how, how people are living their lives. Um, that in combination with, honestly, celibacy. Mm -hmm. Celibacy brought that into my life where I started realizing how, I don't want to go too deep into it, but the okay. more time I spend celibate, the less people I meet that are out with an agenda for it being a sexual intention between us. Instead, I have met brothers, I have met sisters. So when I meet an old lady in a restaurant and she's such a sweetheart, I'm going to go kiss her because that's like an auntie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's an auntie, it's another mother. Yeah, I'm sure she's someone's auntie. But <laughs> it's, well, now she's that, my that, auntie that day too. she was yours, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Oh, let's get back to like you said. You said how you you woke up and you said, "I don't want to live like this anymore." What happened after that, or what were like the practical steps that changed that made you change your life? 
I did continue to work within the system for a while. Uh -huh. I think it was about a year. And then, um, huh, I'm trying to remember it exactly like that pin. I'm trying to pinpoint that moment yeah, where. Yeah, it's not easy to do. Yeah. It's, it honestly started because I ended up getting Lyme disease a few years back. Sorry? I ended up getting Lyme disease a few years ago. And I have cured myself of it. I'm and completely naturally, no antibiotics, no none, none of that. But um, I think it was that moment that defined life and death. Because I thought I was actually going to go. And the moment that I decided to stop living the way I am living, because uh, I realized it in the moment that I talked to my friend and I said that, but the moment that the action took place was during the time that I was at home ill. And I was writing a goodbye letter to my mom, explaining that, you know, I didn't want her not knowing, and I thought I was going to go. And right. in that moment, I was like, okay, I don't want to live that way, and I don't want to die. I'm not ready to go, so I have to carve a new path. I can't follow the same path that, I've, that other people have walked and that I've already walked that I didn't, that I didn't get any fulfillment out of. So I... Um, if it's okay, I'm going to go into a little bit of details, yeah, and it actually ahead, leads into go how ahead. I moved to Peru. So basically, I'm going to try and make a really long story as short as possible. Um, I took the step to get up and start curing myself of uh, Lyme, actually, again. So what I ended up doing was finding different ways to pinpoint each organ and detox that, and then I used different methods. Once that happened, though, it was a 10-month period of me being ill at home, and it was, we're talking, like, on average, 20 hours of sleep, like, crawling to the bathroom, I'd fall asleep, and then I'd wake up on the floor, not realizing where I was on my way, wow. where, I was, where I was headed. Yeah, it was, really, it was really bad. I was at 35 kilos, I think, and I hadn't been able to work. The job that I did have when I ended up getting ill, um, they called me up and told me, they said, basically, we know you care about the stability of the children, and while you're gone, we have to bring in a new uh, substitute each time. So if you quit, we have the ability to hire somebody else to replace you. But that means that I would effectively be without a job and insurance to be able to survive the time that I didn't have any money coming in. Um, and the insurance wasn't able to pay off. I didn't have my citizenship. I didn't have a passport. I had no way of getting out. And I just, it was literally, I'd reached the point that I was like, this is definitely the opposite of how I want to live. And I think once we're pushed to one extreme, we have the option of being taken over by that extreme, or we find our way to loop back until we find the balance between the two and we center ourselves. Yeah. So again, to list all the things, no, I didn't have any money. I was actually in debt. I hadn't paid my rent for three months. I was... I was threatened to like be put out on the street. It was just incredible how many odds were against me. And I decided, hey, I have nothing to lose. At this point in time, I have absolutely nothing to lose. I feel as though I'm on the path of losing all these things. So now I got to take it back into my own hands. Um, I kid you not, within a week, I had, and it takes, especially when it comes to Swedish bureaucracy, it takes a long time to go from the process of finally getting your citizenship to applying for your passport and then to get your passport. It's at least a one month to two month period. Two month period. Within one week, I got the money that the insurance company told me I wasn't gonna get. I got, I got to pay off my debts, paid my rent. Um, I, I started getting better at the same time as I was doing this. And 
So the money came in, my citizenship came in, my passport came in within the same week as my citizenship. And usually, again, this takes a, quite a long time. So it all panned out and it just lined up in front of me and I didn't realize this is all within our own hands. But if we allow things to happen to us, we're going to be victims of life happening to us, things happening to us in life. Or we remember that we're the creations and the creators of the exact same reality that we choose to experience. And that's why perspective comes into play. So um, I just picked my stuff up. I looked online and I went on my first vacation, my very first vacation of my life. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And so at, at that point, were you still having troubles financially or no, did you overcome all that That's stuff the thing. That Within that one week, the yeah. insurance company contacted me the same week that all this was lining uh -huh. up and the money that they had said you're denied because it was, it was actually the money for the months that I had been ill. So the money that I was denied just came in all at once. Wow. So I got to pay off all my debts, paid the rent, bought my ticket. And I remember sitting there going, I want somewhere warm, somewhere I can see the water through the water because I've never experienced that in my life. Oh, I hadn't. And I took that step. I left. I came back. Within three days, I took another vacation similar to that. Just eight days, didn't tell anybody, just disappeared. And I went back into me. Once I did that, I knew Peru was what was calling me. Oh, so we'll thing. pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing uh, about that is a lot of people would hear that story and they would say, oh, well, she just got lucky. Like, oh, that money came through and that sort of thing. So, what, what, of course, from your perspective, it was all about the mentality and, and the actions that you took. So what, what was that, or how would you describe that change in mentality? Well, it's... I'm sorry for cutting you off, but exactly yeah. like you said, um, some people would look at that as luck, yes. but then other people can always, the same people can have the exact same perspective, but in the other direction where they can see that as before my luck came in, I was an unlucky person. So again, it's a matter of perspective. And yeah. I think that's what, that was the turning point for me is that I realized either I can see this as everything is happening to me, this is so terrible and this and that, or I can shift that. Was that your question? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I think I think so. But uh, but let's see. Let's see if we can drill down and get more specific. Like, was it some something like like say in the movie The Secret they talk about these uh, gratitude stones and like every day you take it out in the morning and uh, put it okay. back at night and and think about the the wonderful things you have. Or is there like some practical steps that people could take? Actually, I'm so happy you said that. I still have these letters. Um, part of the reason why this manifestation came as quickly as it did is that, and I'm going to explain how to get manifestations to come quicker instead of waiting for time to take place. Because time, again, is an illusion, right? Yeah. So I actually ended up writing myself a letter. Oh, there was something else as well. I ended up being, I had a 2008 debt that was minuscule that had just accumulated to this giant amount that they were threatening to mess up my credit and then I wouldn't have gotten my password again and I just from nowhere this company contacted me after all these years and so again this sets the panic mode you know because again these were manifestations of my perspective at that point in time I was thinking that life was happening to me everything's going wrong no money this and that so that was continuously coming back to just shove itself in my face basically so I didn't have a choice other than to face it, and I started writing a letter. 
Yep. And actually, it's funny that you say that. I'm not a really big fan of The Secret because there's a lot I don't agree yeah. with. Yeah. However, the fundamentals touch based on spirituality and the power of manifestations. Yes. And so I remember I took something out of that and I wrote myself a letter from that company and from the um, immigration board about my citizenship. Right. And each letter, I kid you not, I have saved them. And I'm going to probably, when I go back to Sweden, I'll take pictures of it for you so you can add it on anywhere you want. But more or less identical. The letter from the company that I owed money to, I wrote myself a very short letter saying the we've dropped the case and that's it because we don't have sufficient evidence. We dropped the case. And then the other one from the immigration board saying you got your pass, you got your citizenship. Please go apply for your passport. Sent my, wrote them in a little letter to myself, put them in an envelope. I was heading outside to go get, I think I was going to go gro grocery shopping. So I put that in the envelope or I put it in the envelope and I throw it in the mail slot. I go get my food, I come back, and I push it out of my mind. Yeah. But I remember the feeling as I was writing, this is, again, this is how you get manifestations to come back a lot faster, yeah. is the emotion that you put into it. People call it intention, emotion, electricity, whatever you want to call it. But that's the, that's the power that we put behind it, right? And that comes from within. So I remember how excited I was to be able to see these words come back to me, to see the magic of life, which is, again, it's in our own hands. And once I came back home and I picked up those letters and I pretended I'd never read them and I opened it up and I, again, that excitement came back. Yeah. And again, within such a short period of time, I got the exact later, same letters from both different places and wow. they're more or less identical to what I wrote myself. And these are little games and activities that you can play with in life that remind us of the magic that exists already out there. So it's, yeah. it's like when you open the fridge and you're looking for something and you're not going to be able to see it until you shift your perspective and then you can actually be able to I'm going to do this I'm going to let you continue because I can tell you about to no no, no? Yeah, so but yeah that's basically it. you can play with these little you can have these little exercises and they start at minuscule levels like you can do things like I know they talked about in the secret about seeing the green light uh, yeah like behind the when they when you hit the when you hit traffic just see green light Again, it's not about what you just envision, it's about putting the power behind that vision. Okay, so feeling emotional. Allowing yourself an excitement, because a lot of people, excitement and anxiety are two sides of the same coin. Yep. The question is, again, if we realize that the duality of those two are actually when they're unified, we can bring forth, we can create something with it. If we don't, if, we don't, if they're still in dualities, what we're going to end up doing is having that good or bad perspective, unlucky or lucky perspective. I can't do it, but she did it perspective. 